What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com, and I've got my main man, Ken. You just uh, muted yourself. I am back in the stream. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey. What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com. Welcome to the Sports Card Strategy Show, episode 40. Uh, we're messing up a little bit today. We've got some technical issues. I apologize. I took myself out of the stream. I don't have it live in our Facebook group. Uh, What's up, guys? Paul Hickey here. Peace. I I thought Kendall was going to be the one that we were going to make fun of today because in the pre-show um, banter that we were, we're just catching up before the show in our stream yard room, he's telling me how groggy he is. It's like I got some he can't serious think brain today. fog serious brain fog and then here i am with you know not putting myself in the stream and kendall's like where are you uh you can see my screen but you can't see me so all right we're gonna jump into the show we're apparently not live in our facebook group because something broke in my Streamyard account so i apologize for the facebook group folks but if you want to join the facebook group you can go to sportscardstrategy.com and click the quick link to join the Facebook group, and we would love to chat with you there. And we will, of course, po post the show there um, as soon as we uh, as soon as we are done here. But we're live on YouTube, Twitch, and then you're going to hear this on Apple Podcasts and Spotify right after we are live, so you can get it right away. Um, so, do we broadcast to Twitter? You know, it doesn't stream to. You know, I don't. There's no streaming capability from StreamYard to Twitter. If that is that what you're asking? Yeah. So I've used Restream in the past, and I and we uh, we would broadcast to Twitter. So I, that's strange. I didn't know that was an option. StreamYard, at least my package, doesn't have it to Twitter. Maybe if I upgrade, I'll get more places to stream to. And I did check with Anchor because I run my I run the podcast yeah. through Anchor, and Anchor does not have the capability to uh, to stream live. Which I don't know. Uh, there's got to be some audio platforms that do. I'm sure Anchor's free, so I'm sure that's probably why. But uh, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. I uh, I streamed your baseball card strategy show recording without you last night, and it was a little awkward, yeah. but. Uh, you did a great job. <laughs> yeah. It was weird me tuning into myself talking. Like that was that was strange. But uh, Yeah, that was uh, you can feel free to break the third wall anytime you want. Uh and just start commenting like, "Hey, this is Kendall. I'm talking and I'm commenting to you at the same time." <laughs> so clearly Paul is playing a video of me. Um, yeah, I was like uh I was on my couch uh with my wife going through some we're doing some, uh, so we're in the adoption process. So a little behind okay. the wall for sure. Uh, what's up, Paul, Carl. Um, but, uh, anyway, we're in the adoption process. So we have some training videos we got to watch and all that kind of stuff. And so on, um, some Sundays we just dive in on that. So I was in between those videos and I saw you pop up and I was like, Oh, this is sick. I'll see what's going on over here. And then my wife was like, is that you talking? And I was like, <laughs> Yes, yes, it is actually. Kendall, you and I are all over the place, man. You've got you're on like at least three show, four shows if you include the two, no five if you include the three shows that you're on for the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Content Network. Yeah, uh, and then you do a show with just baseball, right? I do. Well, yeah, it's designed to happen every Wednesday, um, but we've just 
kind of been all over the place with just baseball from the all-star break and stuff like that. So we've kind of stopped with that for a little bit. And then the market, dude, like, I don't know if you just want to jump into L's of the week, but that's my L of the week. Um, the market, just like the market, just being down in general has been really, uh, L of the week. Sorry. I didn't L transition of the week. No, that's good. You did a good, I like, I like your transition. All right, go for it. But, um, that's, that's definitely been my L of the week has been the, just the general market, um, especially from a breaker. Like, you know, we, we never once have put a break out there and it didn't fill at least in like a day or two. And we've had two this month that have just been up and just never filled. You know, and so I'm just like, uh, and it's not even like bad products. I mean, it's Tops Platinum, which was a uh, a unique um, set that came out this like a couple of months ago. The the problem with the Platinum set is it's it the checklist is ginormous because they uh, they added like active players and then pr- like every great you can think of is in it. Um, like for instance, one of the chases in the products is a 52 mantle um, like recreation card. Um, and it's honestly, it's selling for like a thousand dollars right now. So, um, you know, it's a, it's an awesome short print that you can get in the, in the but we were going to break two hobbies of it and you were going to get three teams for $40, which is very obtainable and it's just not filling and we're just, it's just, it's weird. Hmm. But so yeah, yeah the, just, just like there's a general like lack of interest right now. And I don't know if it's because of product or because the economy's down or what but like all over twitter i've been seeing like why are ebay auctions going so low you know like it's just like people are just down right now like yeah yeah for sure well it's weird i think you know i've had i've had an experience of selling my my old cards my psa uh grading submission that i just got back sell people are patting people they're you know i think the card i'm getting what i expected to get for them yeah. Uh, to keep it short and sweet and people are paying. So, I mean, I think, um, but I, I'm not going to deny that it's, that it's not weird right now. I mean, you're experiencing some weird things and we're going to the national, we're both going to the national this week. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I have no doubt it's going to be like off the chain, crazy, yeah. like, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff happening there. So I'm excited. I, I plan to kind of document the, I, I bought like a VIP ticket several months ago i thought it was a good value so i'm excited to kind of document the vip experience if you will um i think vip is a little strong uh term for it i think i'm just gonna go and uh document my experience (laughs) there and uh and kind of take the pressure off myself and i don't plan on spending too much money but um i don't really have much to sell either but i think i might give myself a, a a budget and uh, try to make some plays and see what happens. So um, hopefully your L of the week will bounce back for all of our sake. But uh, my L of the week, L of the week is, um, is, is I'm going to attempt to do something here with the stream yard and not mess everything up. Like I did at the beginning of the show. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) See you guys. I'm going to, yeah, there we go. All right. So you see a Jerry rice, uh, PSA DNA blue slab, uh, right now kendall yep all right great so everybody sees this so uh for those of you listening on apple or spotify i'm showing a 1986 jerry rice uh tops rookie um 
PSA DNA old blue slab authentic auto. So I bought this for a couple hundred dollars thinking, oh, the card looks pretty decent inside the slab. I'm going to get this thing card graded and auto graded and I am going to uh, get it in a new PSA slab for like 60 bucks is the grading fee for that. And they turn it around relatively quickly. Um, well, unfortunately, uh, my L of the week is this bad boy because, and, and, and you might have to explain to me how you think this happened and feel free to chime in in the comments, uh, drop a comment, or if you're on the live chat, let me know what you think. Um, but here's the order. So I sent it in as, as an order of, a few, I did it with a few cards. And the Jerry Rice 1986 Tops card, even though it was a PSA DNA cert, came back with a questionable authenticity on, on the auto. And I assume maybe as well on the card. I'm not, I'm not really sure how this works, but it kind of boggles my mind that this was a PSA slab and I sent it into PSA to get the card grade and the auto grade. And it, and it didn't say reprint on the card. As you can see, it just says card on the old slab. But I got a questionable authenticity. And it's on its way to my PWCC vault now. So I don't know if they kept it in the old slab or not. Um, so I don't know if I have the opportunity to have it in the slab that I bought it in. Or if... Uh, if I, I'm going to get, I've had questionable authenticity grades from PSA before, and they basically send it back in a card saver with a label that says, do not holder. And so I'm not sure which way I'm going to get this, but that's an L to me. Cause I spent, I've, I've got about 260 bucks in the card. And I thought if this thing comes back with a card grade at all of any grade and a, and a auto grade, uh, should come back with an auto grade, right? Because the PSA authenticated it in the past. Um, then I'm going to have a card that's probably worth more than what I've put into it. But uh, at this point, it's a, it's a big L. So what do you think? You can see my other ones here. Uh, we won't get into those. I did do okay on the other ones, a Giannis and two Magics. Uh, but but Kendall, what do you think of this uh, this Jerry Rice situation? I would be wanting an explanation from PSA, you know, because like they had authenticated it previously and then now they think it's not authentic, you know, like that doesn't make sense. Uh, either maybe they, I don't know. Like, I feel like if they mess that up, they should give you at least your money for the resub back. I don't know. Like, because it wasn't, I mean, unless they can show that like, maybe it was a fraud or something like maybe you bought the PSA, slab that was on a fraud a fraud slab i don't know like maybe yeah i mean I have maybe no idea i would like an explanation i mean i think this is something that maybe i can tweet at them they've replied well, they'll be there before. on thursday i mean like you could just ask them they'll be there on thursday i mean maybe there'll be a i'll have a picture of it i'll have these pictures and i'll have maybe it'll be back in my vault with a picture you know if pw if pwcc can get it curated with a picture of some sort in the vault uh, by th by this weekend, uh, I might be able to get an explanation depending on how long the line is. But yeah, that's an L. Well, so. if you're a VIP member, you can get in there first. Maybe you just go over there. There we go. I am a VIP member, He Man. So there we go. There we go. That's so right. strange, though, man. I'm, I'm sorry about that because I know you're really looking forward to that one. Super weird. I was excited about the others, but that one that one kind of sucked. So um, 
Yeah, that was my L of the week. All right, so let's go to your W of the week. You're going to lead us off here with the W of the week, and uh, we're going to try to take our comments uh, take our comments from the live chat as we go. So actually, before we go to your W of the week, let's, let's give Paul Carl Cards a shout-out here. What's up, Paul? Uh, he says he's really disappointed with PSA these days. His most recent order was so inconsistent in a stupid way. Card I expected a 7 or 8 got a 9 despite a major dinged corner. Yeah, this is weird. I mean, I'm going with PSA because uh, of the resale value, but it does seem like their grades are a little weird. He says another copy of the same exact card in much better condition. He expected a 9 or 10 and got an 8. Yes, I mean, who knows? Is this maybe maybe because they're scaling and training new graders, Kendall? What do you think? I actually heard a rumor that they're sending it to people's homes. Um, like they have graders uh, that are at people's house. Like I don't. They're working don't from know. home. That's I, what you're saying. It, okay. Let, here's the thing. All right. This is what I compare it to in my head. And this might not have any relevance to most people, but it will to you. So when I was in grad school, uh, I met T for the first time. My my uh, partner at Wildcards. He was the TA of the first grad school class that I had at the time. Um, so he was like the grading assistant, was doing some doctoral work, blah, blah, blah. He would grade my papers way harder than the other the other students just because like, I, I don't know if he was like trying to just be a big bro or something. I don't know. Anyway, so it was just like – two different TAs could grade the same paper and then one of them would give it like an 80 and the other one would be like, that was crap, you know, like, and then, 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 then there's a failing grade on that one. And so I wonder if, if they are like, if they are trying to figure out a streamlined process, if there are some graders that are like the old school graders that are harder on cards and then, or the opposite, maybe the old schoolers are like, mostly dealing with vintage. Like, I wonder if they send vintage cards to certain like vintage graders or I, I just would love to know that process behind that. Um, because if you're sending a vintage card to a person who's like only deals with Bowman, like PSA tens, you, and they're looking for one small pock on a, a, a whole card. And then all of a sudden they get a card that has soft edges and is like, looks like kind of fabricy instead of like hardcore cardboard. Like, I just don't know if they would grade it the same as if a vintage collector was like, wow, this mantle is actually in great condition, you know, like, and it might have soft corners, but, but it's pretty phenomenal in, in, in comparison, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I here's know. the problem I have. If that, if that is in fact true, I mean, may, I might ask, maybe I'll ask them that, see if I can get an answer when I'm at the national this week. Uh, but if you're grading, and now I don't, in general, I don't have a problem with anyone working from home this day and age. So let me get that out of the way. But if you're a company like, like any of the grading companies, um, I mean, I've, I've run companies and I've, I've always had, we've always been remote every, you know, probably for the last 10 years. And so each, each person works under different circumstances. I can tell when someone I'm working with, um, I can tell kind of what, what their day looks like based on kind of the, you know, the pattern of communication, right? And so if you think, if you, if you extrapolate that to great, to a grading company, you have to believe, even if you ship each grader the same equipment to use, there's no guarantee that that grader is going to use that equipment. Um, and that's a big, that's More a correctly. big bogey. That's a huge bogey. That's a huge bogey because you got to think that the lighting, 
um, you know, the, the machine, you know, I remember watching sports card investor did a, did an interview, did, did a whole big um, feature on SGC last year. I think we all know it. And they went through the whole building and they showed the graders and they showed the equipment that they use. And I mean, I mean, if that's not consistent, that's a huge problem. That that's it right there. So, um, you know, you can say, well, we've shipped these people, this equipment. Uh, yeah. They don't, might not know how to use it properly. The other thing too, man, is like, what if your kid's bus arrives at 3 PM and you just like want to get this card graded to like move on to the next card? You know, that's a, like, that's a thing too. But if you're at the office, you don't have that option and you have a supervisor maybe like supervising you. Um, whereas like, you know, walking into the grading room and like, if your kid's bus arrives at 3 PM and you want to go get your kid off the bus, I mean, and you stop grading a card or you forget where, what parts of the card that you looked at, or, I mean, yeah. and I use that as an example, like we don't all have kids, but you know what I mean? Like some, like Amazon shows up at your door and you get interrupted and you have to go like that shit happens when you're, when you're working from home. And so, um, yeah that definitely could play a role in, in like just uh, increasing the margin for error. Um, Will you put, so, um, sorry, I thought you were done. No, I'm done. Will you put fed ups comment? Yeah. Uh, fed up says, uh, what up fed up? He says, I'm a seller on whatnot. Unfortunately, only PSA is what sells for value. Uh, thanks for the shout out on the great show. We really appreciate that. Um, thanks for watching and, and being a part of the stream um great great call uh so kendall i know you're on loop uh are you having the same i am on whatnot on too loop? actually you're no. on whatnot okay um but the reason why i brought this up is this is the same discussion that we've been having over the past month like and i think the reason why i wanted to go here is because like so for instance remember uh, a couple weeks ago we were talking with paul fisher about the the conversation that deborah and i had had whether about becca beckett or psa and and i was just telling everybody i was just like psa is kind of the nature of the beast at this point like you've just got to kind of play the game and i think um this comment in respect to the next paul cards comment about like new graders and they might not just know what they're doing yet like i think that's completely like the game like i would 100 agree don't grade your cards with anything other than psa if you're wanting to sell them because they're just not going to move. Like I have a friend who's always just like, dude, I got this CSG slap. And I'm like, I don't want it. Even if it's yeah. like, I literally, okay. So I've been telling you for a couple of weeks that I'm looking for that mantle at the national, right? The, um, the blue one. I'm looking to try to get a PSA five or six. You know what I'm talking about? 79 mantle. Yep. I have a friend who has a CSG five ma uh, mantle, same card. Okay. And he's like, Hey man, I want uh, like, here, I have this one. Um, I, I, you know, I want this much money for it. And he he was like, yeah, it's going to equate to the same level as a PSA five CSG five, same level. And yeah, so that's how much money I want for it. I'm like, Nope, no, <laughs> because, uh, no. I'm not going to pay the same amount of money because it, to me, a CSG five is worth like a PSA three, because not only do I have to pay about a hundred dollars for a crossover grade, but then what if it doesn't come out of a PSA five, you know, what if right. the grading standard is different? And so um, I, I just kind of had to hedge my bet there. So, but what I wanted to say in regards to uh, Paul Carl saying there's new graders, I am willing to submit the $18 July special, whatever it is 
that $18, like 20 cards, like under 199 value. I know they're handing those cards to the new graders. Like they're not handing the 86 Fleer to a brand new grader, right? Like yeah, just think about that. And yeah. then so, you know, like for me, I'm completely okay with the development long run of cards for my $20 slab to be graded by a brand new person. And it might come back as a nine when it's probably a 10 or the opposite way. I'm okay with that because I think in the long run that gets us further and I, and I'm okay with taking that tax, you know, that tax of leadership or whatever you want to call it. I'm a hundred percent okay with that. And, uh, and I think, uh, I'm still using the PSA in the future for selling. I'm just not. Uh, okay. Yeah, exactly. We're all using PSA because that's what sells. But at the same time, obviously they have issues not trying to avoid that. Yeah, for sure. And I'm okay too with like making a play on a CSG or an SGC or a BGS over to PSA. But I think if you have the, you know, if sometimes what I've found is that like on eBay, when I buy on eBay, uh, it's easier to buy because there's no negotiation really. I mean, you can make an offer and you can make comments and stuff back and forth to each other. So there is negotiation, but it's not like, you know, the person, I think when you know the person or when you have access to the person, um, you you basically are in a position where you maybe can't make a deal um, because maybe they feel like you need to do them a favor or something mm -hmm. like that. And so it sounds like, you know, your guy is not necessarily in the wrong, but I do think that he is, he's not putting you in a position to make a play. I think uh, if I were to, I think you would need to look at like, okay, and this is for the audience too, right? Like I think if you were to make a play on something like Kendall's talking about with his mantle, uh, you'd want to cross it over to PSA before you sell it. So you would want to say like, okay, well, if a, if a PSA five sells for, sells for X, I would want to, did leave I say Mantle? I meant Gretzky. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. So the, okay. Gretzky. My bad. <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, and the concept is still the same, obviously. Yeah. Right? The concept so like, is the same. I just want people to know I'm talking about 79 Gretzky with the blue border. 79 Gretzky. Yeah. We talked about that in the, in the show. We went off for one week, guys. So bear with us. We're a little rusty. Brain fog, but, bro. Uh, See, I told two you. weeks ago in episode 30, 39, we talked about uh, Kendall had, had Gretzky in the gauntlet for me. And then that's when he was kind of talking about uh, trying to get that Gretzky. So, yeah, like you would have to say, all right, well, a, a PSA 5 and a PSA 4 and a PSA 3 sell for X, Y, and Z. And so if I'm going to if I'm gonna buy this CSG 5, I would want to leave myself X amount of profit for each of those other three PSA grades and then make your offer based on that. And then, of course, you know, the six, you could probably wait on that, so you could probably submit it for 60 bucks. I would do, like, the low-end kind of thing. All right, Kendall, what's your, what's your W of the week? W of the week. <laughs> um, my W of the week, I think, is... Well, I'm going to the national this week, so that's got to be a W. You know, like I hope it's a W. I hope next Monday we're not like L of the week. It sucked. You know, <laughs> the national. <laughs> there was five people there, and it was me and Paul in a room together. You know, like, um, uh, but I think uh, it, I'm just very excited about that. I think last year when I walked in, that was like a defining moment for me of like cards are going to be a reality for me for the next near future. You know, like. And then I'm coming back this year saying, like, I have a whole year more underneath my belt, a lot more experience. I know what I'm looking for. I know what I'm not looking for. Um, because interestingly enough, there were, like, booths at the National last year that were selling, 
like they were big enough card uh shops that they like grade their own cards or something and there was like some really cool cards that i was like dang that's a sweet card and it's in a tin slab from wherever the heck that card shop is grading themselves at you know like and i was just like cool that's a sweet card now i wouldn't spend five minutes there i'd just be like oh can't resell that all right you know like unless it's a good enough deal where i can where i can factor in the crossover grade um you know i I just think i've learned a whole lot and so i think my w of the week is actually kind of a w of the year you know like i think um just the longer that we stay focused and engaged and entrenched in this hobby um the the more we are going to be able to make smarter and better decisions um based on a risk analysis that is that is um that that is an equitable product for what we're trying to accomplish and i think we're only going to get better and better at this and i think if we watch this a year from now when me and you are going to the national in 2023 i think we'll say the exact same thing if we've spent enough time developing our craft over the next 12 months and so um very excited for this week um also a w of the week is that i know that also my l of the week was the market is down my W of the week is I've still been able to move product pretty well. Like my eBay sales have been going pretty well, um, which is strange. Like breaks, nobody's buying into them, but like singles on eBay, especially of the players I know are worth selling at this point. Like, um, like they're just, they're moving. And I think that's good. I've been able to move some product and, and save up and like save up that little nurse bat or, little uh, purse to go to the national with you know and so yeah um yeah people on twitter and everything i see these tweets of like nothing's moving on ebay and i'm like yeah when you're putting a fifth year paul goldschmidt base on on ebay like nobody wants that but if you're i mean like for instance alejandro kirk uh the bowman 10 of his like bowman psa 10 of his i bought this for 75 dollars last year it's selling for like 215 right now yeah that's, that's great, pretty man. hefty you know, you know like i think yeah and, and i'll comment on this real quick too because like uh i agree with you and paul carl cards uh thanks for the participation today man he says cheap singles are killing it he's up 20 percent. exactly so far, let's go paul carl cards Good let's go work, my man let's go that's a w of the week right crystallize there. it baby yeah crystallize the investment the pauls are on fire because paul fisher paul carl paul hickey uh Dude, what's up with all the should i change my name you no you gotta stay you gotta you're you're lefty man you're the <laughs> you're the catalytic lefty you gotta stay Boom. kendall all right. uh but anyway it was um, worth an ask i never really liked my name until until this year now i've got i've got some got some uh pauls on my side but anyway um paul fisher actually he shares a lot of thoughts with me offline and i won't divulge anything specific but you know he's i would say kendall you probably agree with me he uh is one of the more um not critical but he's one of the more just uh very objective uh people that we talk to he's Mm -hmm. not gonna get like he's not gonna throw hyperbole around he's not gonna get excited about hype he's gonna really he's gonna think critically about about things before he makes his decisions and i think he he's made some comments in the facebook group lately about being concerned and he shared his experiences on the show and he shared his experiences with us about being concerned about some things in the market. And, um, but I think he did, he did email me directly and say, I think you and Kendall are correct in that. If you are, if you are prospecting uh, wisely and you are buying uh, guys that, 
you believe will rise. Uh, you know, Andy Kaysen does it, you do it. That's what the sports card investment report is about. The sports card right. investment report is about, you know, the rankings are one thing. The rankings are really different than the play, right? So you get the rankings for free and the rankings are more along the lines of like, we're going to showcase you kind of like the names that you know really well in order of the names that we think are the best people to pay attention to as investments. That doesn't mean you should always buy them at the time that they're ranked high. That doesn't mean that you should, you know, it, sometimes it means the opposite, right? But then when you upgrade and you get the, the profiles, that's when you get the actual play. And so I think diving into the play is where we, where we flex our knowledge and we say, and, but, but, but my point is the opportunity is there. Like people are making money. You've got yeah. Paul Carl, you've got Paul Fisher saying you're right. You know, people need to be doing that. First um, off guys, Paul Fisher says you're right. That's a big deal. He doesn't throw first that time, around. He does not throw that around. Paul, Paul Fisher has been very complimentary of this entire operation. So I just want to preface that more so than he's been critical. That means we are but doing some things. He does not say you're right. Yeah ever and he just said you're right so i want so that is a that is a, a w of the week in that uh even though the mark even though the market is down whatever um and the other thing i wanted to sh wanted to say is um the people you mentioned on twitter okay i can understand that people are disappointed but i would i would throw this out there were those people crushing it in 2020 and 2021 like were they were they like like do are they thinking nothing's moving which is like hyperbole like are they saying that because they're not making as much of a profit as they did before now that would be an indicator that the market's down but that's not an indicator that you can't you can't make money when when you uh when you lift up the hood and, and go digging for stuff and so you know i think that's on for me that would probably be me like those people probably were in 2020 crushing it you know like the people that were throwing, you know, fifth year Goldschmidt's out there and you've got set collectors all over the place and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, sure, dude, I, there were times when I was looking at cards and I was like, how in the world is this worth that amount of money? Like, it's not a first, it's not a hollow, it's not a nothing, like, it's just a card, yeah. you know, it's not graded, it's not even a top loader, you know, like, and uh, I mean, I got roasted on, on, uh, in some Facebook groups when I first got into the hobby and I, I wrote my book about my experience getting back into the hobby and I was not, uh, definitely don't have the knowledge that I have today. Um, are you going to rewrite uh, your book? I, I thought about, I've, I've got it in my base camp to do list, Kendall. I've got it in my base camp to do list, but it's not, it's not really due to start thinking about it until December. So I've got a few, yeah. I've got like maybe five or six months before I would think about, okay, what's a good update to the book? What's a good, what's a good sequel to the book? Because definitely I think that that book probably still stands for some things, but I think that it's probably completely uh, useless for others. And so, um, yeah, I think uh, definitely need to refresh the book and uh, got roasted in just like, what, what are you doing buying a Giannis 2017 base prism graded? Like, what are you doing doing that? And what are you doing? you know, thinking about like, I wasn't thinking about getting it graded because PSA, but I had, I owned it because I had bought it and I was trying to resell it. And they were like, look, you know, but some people were super nice about it and other people were, were not, not as nice. And so I think that's an example of what you're talking about. Like I'm doing better now because when I entered things were high and I made mistakes uh, just based on timing, but now I'm doing better because of the learnings. And so I think it's hard to say that you could say that the numbers are down, but I don't think you can say that 
I think you can say we have a market now. We have a sports card market now. I don't know that there was an established market 18, 24, 36 months ago. You had people arbitraging. That doesn't mean that there's a market, right? And now I think we have a market. So I'm excited about that. All right, let's get to my let's get to my W of the week. So my W of the week is uh, my sports card investment report additions. So um, this is going to provide some value. It's not just going to be a a total um, ad for NoOffSeason.com. So stay tuned here. But at NoOffSeason.com, we have the sports card investment report. You can upgrade. Uh, and get all of the player profiles. We have over 300 player profiles now, 300 player profiles where my team and I are digging in. We're doing the research. We're listing the data of the cards and we're telling you whether or not the person is a buy, sell, hold, or multiple of those things. And we're telling you the play to make on over 300 cards. So I'm excited for a few reasons about adding UFC profiles. We have UFC profiles, 10 UFC profiles. We have, uh, we have, let's see how many, uh, 13 WWE profiles now. Uh, and we have um, celebrity card, which, you know, cu- I think, I, you know, culture cards, I think might be a better term, but I'm calling them celebrity cards for now. Uh, 10 celebrity uh, card profiles. So in terms of the celebrity cards, the wrestling cards and the UFC cards, getting those added to nooffseason.com this week was my, was my, uh, my W of the week because, and here's why I think they are. Thank you. Uh, thanks to my team. I've got, I've got a team of uh, basically uh, paid interns now, five paid interns at no off season that are helping me uh, do a lot of the research, the, the data, uh, data gathering, and uh, even helping doing some of the writing. And so I appreciate them. Um, and I think, I think it's important though, because, and this is actually something Paul Fisher emailed about as well. Gotta love, gotta love our guy uh they're sports related you know the celebrity ones aren't always sports related but of course ufc and wrestling i think um people aren't gonna just bail on sports cards you know they're just they're not just gonna bail on sports cards they they they're always going to look for other opportunities for the next arbitrage or the next play and so i am i've challenged myself starting back six, seven, eight months ago to get knowledgeable on these other, these other sports uh, and these other areas within sports cards. And so feeling knowledgeable enough to provide the player profiles and no off season, I think is going to help not only myself, but anyone who visits nooffseason.com to learn. And uh, I think the other thing it's going to do is, you know, there's a lot of great content creators um, that, that, maybe you know now we're going to be able to collaborate with because we we can throw out our our ufc uh profile thoughts our wrestling card profile thoughts and then you know i'm hoping to get a wrestling person to come in and say look uh see what you're doing with the wrestling can i can i come help you out you know that's happened with you it's happened with andy it's happened with gary from hoops and cards um greg who's into f1 who helps me host the f1 card strategy show so if anyone out there is uh, is hearing this or watching this and you're into any of these other, um, you know, not as major but growing areas of the hobby uh, niche-wise, definitely email me at paul at nooffseason.com and uh, we can collaborate. So uh, that's my, my W of the week. I like it. Um, all right. So I have a, drop can, a- I, can I ask you a question? 
Yeah, and 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 drop and everybody drop a comment about this. I would love to hear what you think about this. But yeah, Kendall, what's up? Is there a scenario where you would add non or well, you've already added non sports cards. Is there a scenario you would add trading cards to the list? Um, I wouldn't say no to that, but I would say that trading cards uh, would be something that I would have to, I, I assume you mean like TCG, like Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, those other, um, I would think here's, there's two scenarios with which that would happen. One of them would be no offseason.com grows and scales to a point where I can bring on people that run that content uh, independently of me. And I just help make sure that it gets published properly uh, and facilitate basically at a high level. Um, because I, at this point in my life, am not going to, it would be like learning a foreign language to me. And I've literally tried doing that in real life and it's really freaking hard. So I don't <laughs> think I would have the energy of doing that. Um, the other scenario though, that may be more likely is let's say there's a new TCG that launches that, that I fall in love with. Right. That would be the, that would be the other scenario where like, Oh man, um, this looks sick. I'm going to follow this. Like I think top shot had a chance with me last year and uh, what up greeny green. Good to see you. Um, you know, we love, we love when you participate in the live chat. So let us know what's up with you. Um, yeah, I think top shot had a, had a chance with me last year. Cause obviously I'm a big NBA guy. I've got that since I was a kid, I worked in the NBA um, that was different. That wasn't TCG, but that was something different that I got into. And then I had, I actually made a decision. I was like, I've got to either do, I've got to either, I've got to focus. I can't spread myself too thin. So I think that's what it would have to be, but that's a good question. Cool. Thank you I have no, I have no reason why I asked that. I just wondered, like, I could see there being like number one, Charizard, you know, like, <laughs> Whatever. Like, I mean, my, my sister actually collected Pokemon and she just told me, uh, I just saw her in Michigan a few days ago and she just told me that she was submitting some of her old Pokemon to PSA. So if for some reason she was like, Hey, I want to write some articles about my Pokemon experience for no off season. Sure. Why not? What's uh, her name? Paulina. That goes, her name is Gigi. Okay. That's pretty so what up? What up Gigi? All Gigi. right. So, uh, all right. Is that a real go, name? Let's go to, well, it's short for Virginia. Oh, all right. Fair. So, all right. So let's go to the buy of the week, the best cards to buy right now and why I've got mine prepared using Market Movers app by Sports Card Investor. You can get your first month for only $1 using the promo code no off season. And I would encourage you guys to do that because it is a great tool. Not only that, but they did just launch uh, Market Movers X is what they're calling it, I believe. And, the, and they're renaming the packages and um, changing their pricing. So it's a new and improved software app from Market Movers by Sports Card Investor. And they're launching it, I believe, to the public uh, later this week at the National. But as an affiliate, I got a sneak preview of the product uh, thanks to Doug Husky and the other guys over at Sports Card Investor good work keep up the good work so we're using your tool and encouraging our audience to use the tool because it is a great it is a great tool so um i'm gonna go to mine and uh, let's see if i can um go ahead and show my my deals okay so this is from the mobile app this is not the new and improved uh market movers x but uh 
Kyler Murray is one of my one of my deals, one of my buy of the week from uh, from Market Movers by Sports Card Investor. Um, this would be his 2019 Prism Hyper out of 175 in PSA nine. Uh, the buy it now of four hundred and fifty dollars is actually twenty five percent and uh, one hundred and fifty dollars below the last sold comp of that card. And we are in the other reason I chose Kyler is because we are in football card buying season it's going to end very quickly here uh just aired the football card strategy show episode four with andy Kaysen, who just brings the rain like no other human being i have ever <laughs> interacted with in my life he's yeah. just like i don't know how he does that but it's very impressive he just knows his stuff so i know he is adamant about like football card buying season happening right now but like basically monitoring it very carefully because it's going to end any second um and so uh then there's going to be a flippable window prior to week one and with some people uh into week four and stuff like that so kyler i think is you know he's a guy that andy and and carter uh carter the power uh over on their show the football card quest show they do an amazing job um they've talked a lot about kyler and uh check out the football card strategy show episode four at footballcardstrategy.com. he talks about kyler as well on that one so he's one of them uh, and then another one, this is a different, this is a different play, Kendall. So I, I saw an Archie Manning. Well, I, I did a little digging in the deals tool at Market Movers. And again, you can get your first month for $1 using the promo code no offseason. So check that out. Uh, now would be a great time to do this going into the national. Um, 1972 tops base Archie Manning. Uh, buy it now for $82. This is $27 less than its last sale so about 25 percent down um i thought that was an interesting one with uh with the market the way it is with some vintage stuff so um yeah that's uh those are my two my two main deals of the week and uh let me see before i hand it over to you and get your thoughts and get your your deal of the week let me see if i had any other notes on that nope that that was it for me um so what do you think? You can either comment on mine or you can jump into yours. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I think the Kyler one is interesting. Kyler's always been something of a mystery to me. Um, the So Kyler and I grew up in the same city. Um, we, he played for Allen, which is like the biggest 6A school in Texas. Uh, then he gets recruited out of high school to play either baseball or football. Actually, absolutely electric at, at the state finals in, in high school. I watched him all four years play at Allen and I just rip it up like he was an, an outstanding. And I was sitting there thinking underneath like the lights at the Cowboys Stadium, because that's where they do the, the uh, state tournament. I was like, this dude's going to play on Sunday for sure. Like, there's just no way that he can't. The only weird thing was like he was short. But, like, what people didn't see was how good of a baseball player he was. And then, like, you did see that a little bit at Oklahoma when he did both. Um, but anyway, then he goes and gets recruited to my favorite school. You know, like, he goes and starts at A&M. And we're just like, oh, Kyler Murray's here. This is sick. And then all of a sudden, like, the coach does, like, some crazy stuff. And he's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go play at OU and literally be a Heisman uh, and so that was kind of upsetting to me, but then, then he goes on and gets drafted by the A's in the first round. I believe it's like the, it was like this 11th pick or something like that. So 
ginormous slot money basically there uh not ginormous compared to what he's making now but but you know it was funny like he and then i was thinking well at that point you you knew he was going to get drafted in football too and you're like what is he going to choose so he gets drafted by oakland you think like dude this guy's going to get drafted by san fran or the raiders and he's going to play both you know like it's going to be our lifetime's two-way or uh two dual sport player whatever he's gonna be our bo jackson slash Deion sanders whatever um and then none of that happens and then he and then in the offseason this year uh you're like frick is he even gonna be a cardinal anymore you know like uh there were I, i was like dude is he just gonna go play for the oakland a's again like what the heck's going on you know uh, and then he signs a big contract and all of it, you know, it's just like, but anyway, Kyler is always right there for me for some reason that if a guy I always am interested in getting, I draft him almost every year in at least one or two of my fantasy teams. He's a guy I love watching. He's a guy that's uh catalytic, if you will, Paul, like when he's on the field. So I would definitely spend some money right now on him, especially if, if Andy and you think he's a buying opportunity, uh, you guys know that I'm not s- super big into football. Uh, but, but, um, you know, like in the uh, sports card strategy, football slash quarterbacks list, I'm all in on him. You know, like, let's do this. So nice, nice. Well, Paul Carl card says he's been getting killer football card deals, buying lots, <laughs> approximately 800 color and rookies from Prism. He's going to list them as singles tonight. I mean, Andy would just absolutely. Wow. 800 uh, listings. You got some spent, time, my friend. Yeah, no kidding. And he spent $50 for both lots. Well, Paul, definitely like let us know how that goes. Like, we, Please follow up with us on that somehow. I'm curious if you're going to list them as auctions or buy it nows. I know. Hey, Paul, can you please uh, join the Facebook group if you haven't yet and just like keep us updated on that because that's pretty cool. Greeny Green agrees with you. Um, and uh, he says lots are where, that, where it's at. And then well, Paul says he can list... 200 to 400 singles per hour that's pretty what good work man how Um, i gotta know i gotta know how i need to know because i need that i need that in my life maybe we can get paul on the show so actually uh we're gonna start doing some video clips on the show so uh so paul you could even just send us a video clip explainer of how you do this and then i could uh yeah he says he doesn't use facebook that's cool so just comment on the youtube video then after it airs that'd be cool i really um, i need to know a process we need to break down i need a Mythbusters. is it real or not 200 to 400 an hour he says chrono, chrono card, card is the key that's interesting right. i've, I've got to something look to look that. up yeah i have not heard of that so i'll look into chrono card too good stuff paul thanks for thanks for being a part of today's broadcast and uh greeny green you as well everybody else um, i do have some buys right. though if kendall has buy i of course you do we're not, i didn't forget about your buys let's go what are your buys all right we've heard this name quite a bit from me before but like i said with a couple of months ago when i was like this might be your last chance on O'Neill cruise this is not even near your last chance on this guy okay but Please help me make you some money, okay? And go out and buy some Indy Rodriguez cards. The man over the past two days has pumped four big ones over the wall. Like, this guy is incredible. He's playing catcher now at the at about a 20% clip, and he's logging time at second base and in the outfield. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are needing a more 
players at the big league level. They are struggling, but they're in third. But they have the second highest negative run differential in baseball. So one of two things could happen. Indy could definitely be involved in a trade package. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think that the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to trade Indy. I think he's too valuable. But if you have Henry Davis and Indy Rodriguez on the major league roster at the same time, Henry can be the primary catcher and Indy can be the secondary catcher, but they can both play every day. Like that's super, super valuable. And he's pumping big ones over the wall. Like, dude, come on. He's like, he, he has an effortless swing and he's very like personable. So everything, like if you go look on Twitter, like there's these guys, there's a, I saw one yesterday that was like, Indy Rodriguez was so excited to show me his new bats that came in. I had to just turn on the camera. And then, like, you see an interview about him being like, these new bats, like, they're so cool. Like, come look at them. Like, he's just, you know how Julio is getting a lot of attention right now because he's just a joy to be around? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's not getting only that attention. He's incredible. He's also which pumping is, him over the wall. Which, the he, yeah, he's also a big league in it, you know, um, in a big way. But... Indy, I think, will be that kind of character to where people just love to love him. And I think when, like, Paul Fisher, here he is again, going to bring him up again. He was asking me this week, like, is there another guy that's universally loved in in the product other than, you know, um, uh, Jordan and a couple of other players? And I was like, I think Mike Trout, maybe Ken Griffey, but at the same time, like, I don't think there's a modern one that's like next level. And I think Julio is definitely that kind of guy. But I also think a guy like Indy could very well be that same way. Not maybe in the top the top end, like his ceiling is not as high, but he's definitely a good player. So please go buy some Indy Rodriguez. And I just sent my out of five Indy Rodriguez auto to PSA. So hopefully that comes back well. Um, yeah, let's go. I hope it does too. Yeah, so Indy is definitely mine. I, I, our, my market movers logged me out of our thing, and I couldn't remember the password. So uh, I'll have to, you know, like graph it or something next episode. But Indy is is a huge one for me right now. Nice, love it. Good, good buy of the week, and uh, yeah, we'll get you into that market movers upgraded product here coming up um, again. Thanks to uh, the guys over at Market Movers, guys and girls over at Market Movers. They do an amazing job. They are uh, putting out a new upgraded version of the Market Movers product, and you can get your first month for only $1 by using the promo code NOOFFSEASON. So let's go. Um, all right, so who to sell now? Uh, my guy uh, to sell now is Jason Dominguez. Uh, one particular card, though, um, and, and one particular reason. And so I'll get into this real quick. Um, so... This card right here, uh, partic particularly the 2020 uh, Bowman Paper Prospect, Bowman First Paper Prospect PSA 10. So here's my reason, and this is the this is the screenshot from Market Movers uh, in the mobile app. Um, it's up, uh, it's up to uh, let's see, it's selling for, um, I don't know, it was it's up by 25 percent. So. I think it's selling for over $40. I think it was selling for like $28. That's what I'm reading here. So yeah, average sale, $36. It was uh, under, under 30. So approaching $40 was under 30, up about 25%. This is a card that's just never going to go that high. This is the type of card. It's his, essentially his base 
paper rookie in a PSA 10. The only reason why I think it's even liquid at all is because it's a PSA 10. And it's just even, even in the markers that this guy will have in his career, which many people think he will have this particular card is not going to go anywhere. And so I think coming off his home run in the futures game, Kendall, um, which I know you want to talk a little bit about the futures game in this episode. So this could be a good, a good opportunity to do it. Um, Jason Dominguez, you're going to have a lot of people that are saying um, that he is the real deal. And so you want to hang on to his, his bigger cards potentially. So I'm not saying unload your Jason Dominguez bigger cards because chances are you've been waiting for a big payday on those. And I think there are markers in his career that will happen. He's at high a ball. So he's got, he's got, two or three different call-ups coming. He's probably got, you know, different long balls that he's going to hit. He's going to develop. Uh, he's a big name, obviously. Uh, obviously, the Yankees own his rights. So, you know, there's there's a huge potential for his large cards to continue to move higher in price. So I'm not saying uh, to crystallize those just yet. But I think that the they're actually, you know, some of those aren't haven't even really risen in value in a while. But this particular paper PSA 10 product, you got to get rid of it. Kendall, what do you think? Mm. I know that's uh, a loaded. Those are a lot in there for you. I yeah. know you're trying to synthesize here. Well, well, here's my overall take: get rid of Jason Dominguez, just in general. Um, I he's there's no way he's going to be as good as people expected him to be, and I think people are starting to realize that. And over the last six months, there's been an incredible amount of 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 losses being had in in the Jason Dominguez market. Like there's people that have taken fat losses in in him by not listening to guys like me and rm and t of saying like do not buy into this guy's hype um is he going to be a major league player yes is he going to be a guy that's worth owning i believe so but it's i think he was rocketing so high that like uh there, there was just it just like at one point we made jokes about like what's his floor people say it's like his floor is mike trout and his ceiling is god you know like yeah. there is nothing better than the dominguez card you know but uh then like he gets into the futures game and i thought that was a little bit of a nod to the yankees of like hey we're gonna put him in here because everybody want is everybody that's a nominal baseball fan just keeps asking us if dominguez is gonna be in it i don't know if he does it I don't know if he necessarily earned being in the in the futures game, but he was in there and he hit a home run. And so I was like, okay, but there were some other things that he did that people aren't talking about that weren't good. Um, he, there was a pop fly, basically. I think it was maybe on the warning track, but still very catchable. He goes to catch it and he just like squeeze and it goes and just falls out of his glove. I'm like, dude, that's not an all-star. That's not an all-star, you know, like even if he is an all-star, very immobile, he runs like the little brick guy on Mario where he's like, uh, 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 uh. you know, like the guy's just like, I'm not impressed. Um, but I will say there is a little bit of a peak right now. And I think that it's a great opportunity for you to get out on a guy. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. I think it's an yeah. opportunity where you can get out on somebody if you made bad purchases previously. And maybe even if it doesn't go back to like where you bought in, this might be a good time to recover as much uh, uh, as much as you can in the short term. Long term, I think there is some value on him, but I think the market is going to continue to go down on him over the next couple of years, especially once he gets up higher in the minor leagues and people start exposing him a little more. 
um, and he's not so uh, athletically driven. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm saying like sell him, sell his paper prospect PSA. I'm 100 percent there with right you. now. Maybe if I mean if you're holding like his first Chrome Auto serial numbered and they're graded and they're like thousands and thousands of dollars that you have been expecting to give for him or that you paid for them. I do think there's an opportunity like when he gets called up to the next level to maybe sell, but I would definitely like not wait until he gets to the next level and then gets exposed basically. So I think we're, we're, we're on the same page with that. 100%. And hopefully you can get your money back out of Dominguez or hopefully Dude, at the national pack yeah. last year. At the national last year, I had a PSA eight paper camo of him. So it's a camo parallel, but it was a paper eight, like one of the very first slabs I ever bought. Because mm-hmm. like I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going out there and buying a slab, you know. Like yeah. not the first slab I owned, but the first slab I bought when the market recreate like resurfaced. Mm-hmm. And I ended up selling it at the national last year for $35. Can you imagine that first off? Like a PSA 8 being sold for $35 no matter who it is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like Yeah. For so anyway. for a, for an ultra modern card, yeah, that's pretty yeah. high for sure. So Greeny Green Greeny Green says how do I get out of my Miles Bridges investments? And that's a that's a good that's a good yeah. question. Yeah. Man, what a, you know, I was high on him. Uh don't mean to derail us too much, but thanks for the Thanks for the question, Greeny Green. We'll get get to Kendall's sell sell now here in a second. But yeah, I think Miles Bridges is uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Hopefully, hopefully we can get get some more information on his situation and see. And I would have if said he can make a it's comeback. a buy. I mean, I would have said like this guy's gonna be really good. You know, like maybe not yeah. top shelf. I was saying buy Miles Bridges yeah. for sure all yeah. off season. Yeah, and then sure. like that comes out and you're just like. <laughs> You know, like you're just that's why that's why buying vintage cards is good. Like you're never gonna tear an ACL to ruin your career when you're Sandy Koufax, you know, like Yeah. I always I always kind of say as long as somebody doesn't pull a Bill Cosby, then yeah, uh, you're probably uh, pretty that's safe. That's true. That's a bad yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> all right, Kendall. What's your uh what's your sell now? Get rid of who are you getting rid of? Uh well I would equal that if you I mean like I think I already have equaled like get rid of Jason if you can. Um, but I also think it, it, it's a good opportunity to sell high on Juan Soto. Um, and this is probably a take that's not often agreed with. So right now his, his market is bananas because of everything that's going on with his trade speculation, which interestingly enough is actually why Jason Dominguez market is going up as well, because there's a lot of thought to, for instance, last night, Jason Dominguez was removed early from a game. Uh, because like he was removed early from a game, they were up twelve to eight. It was the seventh. The Yankees inning. are going to trade. They're going to trade Dominguez and a bunch of other stuff for Soto. They could, and there's a lot Let's of go. talk about it. I mean, Let's if you, if you are the Yankees and you have the opportunity to get Soto, no matter the price, I think you're going for it right now because it's been a long time since you won a World Series, and I think adding him into that lineup is oh my oh, god oh my gosh you know like Let's and go. they do have the capital to do it they do they do have the capital they have the ability to bring in patrick corbin as well with a bad contract that the nationals have to re- alleviate some of their 
some of the, like it just it would make sense if the Yankees wanted to do that, but they're gonna have to give up almost everything that they own. You know, like yeah, they're gonna have, they have to, to give, give up, up Volpe. Yeah, they're gonna have to give up Volpe. They're gonna have to give up several other minor leaguers. Like the Nationals are asking to four to five prospects in the top ten. And I would actually imagine that they would ask for four of the top five of any system. Uh, yeah. And then you're going to also, they're also asking for some, some major league players. So that's what they think they're going to do with like a guy like Joey Gallo, potentially send him over to the nationals in a, in a giant deal. But if, if, if you're the nationals and you're getting the Martian, who's apparently going to be the next God. God. Um, yeah. Like, You've, if you're the Nationals, you've always said, okay, we can sell, uh, we can sell all these guys. We can get rid of Harper. We can get rid of Rendon. We can get rid of anybody than everybody that's any played for the Nationals because we had Mike Tra- or uh, Juan Soto to lean back on. You don't have a guy like Juan Soto right now in your farm system. You don't. And so, like, this is a complete failure from the Nationals' perspective. Now, there's a lot of people that think he's going to get traded this uh, this uh, trading deadline. I actually personally think that they won't trade him in this deadline and that he will um, – because the team is trying to get sold as well. So I think if you're an owner that's trying to buy into a team, you want to have the chance – for a new owner relationship to potentially lock him down long-term. So I think that's like something they're going to keep in their pocket so that they can actually sell the team for more. Because like, if you buy a team with Juan Soto on it, rather than if you buy a team with the Martian, you know, like, yeah, there's just like, more unknown. I agree. So, I don't think he's going to move unless the Yankees, well, the, the Yankees could ridiculously overpay, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you overpay. I don't know if you can overpay. I don't know if you can overpay. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, I agree. Okay, so Juan Soto is, he was actually on my list as a sell now. So we're kind of on the same page with that. I think, you know. uh, I actually sold all of my Juan Soto cards this week. You got to look at hype cycles, right? I mean, hype, like when, when are hype cycles going to be larger for him? Now, will he continue to be a generational player and, and break records and, and be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. But will that equal the hype cycle of Juan Soto? It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. He's going to, I mean, he's going to have to do something on the field that has never been done before. Um, and he will, but when will that happen? That's my question. So if you're yeah. holding, I, I think Juan Soto, I also had, I also had J rod as a potential sell, but I think that would be way too early. Uh, but hype cycle on J rod. And then I had Mac Jones as a guy. I didn't want to list all of them and then have you not uh, steal your thunder. There, That's so. funny that. Yeah. So Juan would definitely be a guy that I'm selling right now because of the liquidity in the market right now. Yeah. Like what we were talking about earlier, if you can sell cards that are moving right now and you can make money on it, 100% do it. Because right now, no matter what you're buying right now, it's probably lower than what it was six months ago when you wanted it. You know, and so like if you did have a guy that you wanted six months ago, his prices are probably way cheaper now. Sell some of your cards that you can get liquidity out of, crystallize it, move it into another asset and keep growing. Yeah. And, and speaking of Paul Fisher for the 14th time on this show, I mean, examining the hype cycles is key. And then, and then continuing to talk about what they actually are, because I think what we learned from the NBA finals this year and the golden state warriors winning is that a better time to sell Steph Curry probably was when he broke the all time three point record rather Mm -hmm. than when he won his fourth NBA championship. Mm -hmm. So I think that like examining things like Soto's, 
turning down the contract, getting all this hype, and then winning the winning home run the home derby, derby. Yeah. might be a bigger hype cycle than than Juan Soto doing something significant on the field. So we'll see. Um, I would argue that that was like the speculation of it is actually higher than when he actually gets traded. Gets traded, yeah. Like people are going to be like, oh, because like what if he gets traded to like like there's the, okay for instance there's a lot of people that think that he could possibly get traded to the Mariners. I actually think they have a very very good chance of getting uh of getting Soto at in the winter, not now, but in the winter. Um because I think it's a win-win for both teams depending on the package. But like if it goes to the if he goes to the Mariners, like that's I mean the market's just no one's going to get super excited about Juan Soto going to the Mariners other than maybe like 15 people in the Seattle area, you know, like, uh, but if he goes to the Yankees, that's a different story, you know, but mm. still sell the speculation of him potentially going to the Yankees. So in case he does go to Seattle, uh, you can still hype on it, you know, so crystallize it. All right, let's go to, would you rather? So would you rather Kendall be, and everyone, uh, Chime in in the comments, and if you're watching in the live stream, uh, comment as well. Would you rather be PSA's highest paid grader or start your own grading company with unlimited venture funding? Would I rather be PSA's highest paid grader? Is that what you said? Yeah. Or... Would, you rather, would you rather sit back? Let me frame this up for you. Would you rather... Would you rather PSA come to you and say, hey, lefty, we want to pay you more than our highest paid grader. I have no idea what a grader makes, by the way. But let's say, let's say it's more money than you make right now. It and, 100% is probably. <laughs> and all you and all you have to do, and let's say it's let's say it's what you would want to be making five years from now, just to okay. like sweeten the pot. Okay. Right. And let's say PSA says, we want you to sit back grade cards for us and be our highest paid grader. And that's all you do. Or would you rather have... Do I work 40 hours a week? Yeah. You work 40 hours a week. Okay. Or would you rather have uh, someone with unlimited venture funding come to you and say, uh, I'm going to back you in your new sports card grading company i'm going to give you every penny that you could imagine coming your way to allow you to run the show and build a new sports card trading card grading company which one do you pick i just turned 30 paul last week oh happy birthday and i would think my 20s I was praying every single day that like something like that last situation would pop off. Yep. And I grinded my teeth for the last five, six, seven years to doing entrepreneurialism. You know, I've started some businesses. I've, I've done okay. You know, like nothing crazy. Nobody's like popped out. of Nobody's Gary V'd me, you know, like, um, and honestly, it's, it's, it's really tiring. And I spent a lot of time and like a behind the curtain look at this. Like, I think I'd rather just spend time with my wife right now. And just like we're adopting and, you know, like I just, I, I want to go to like Valencia and stuff like that. And I think like, 
I don't want to be a workaholic, you know, like, and I think yeah. the past five, six, seven years I have been. And I think right now what's more important to me is my time and my family and my fun. And like, if I could get paid, you know, enough to, to save for my kids futures and whatever they want, you know, and, or whatever, maybe not what they want, but what they need, you know, like, and it, but it's not lavish. And maybe I can get that $200,000 lake house that we talked about. Nothing crazy, but like, you know, like I can just kind of live life and, 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 and really pour into people. Like, that's what I'm for. You pay me some, like this mood, music some, is appropriate some mood this. music. Kendall, yeah, so I'm, I'm choosing the first option. I like it. I, li- I mean, I respect it. I think, um, Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and it makes sense. I mean, a lot of us are out there. Gr- I mean, I think, I think the sports card hobby, if I had to guess, is uh, seems plush with uh, entrepreneur type people, um, either either like true entrepreneurs and that's that's what they are or or people with the entrepreneurial tendencies, if you will. Uh, Paul Carl Cards says he would start his own grading company with unlimited funding and pay myself a... <laughs> For a forty-two thousand sixty-nine figure salary, regardless of how the startup works. I mean, we've had we've seen people do that in the world, Paul. I think the guy, I think the founder of WeWork, actually did pretty well for himself uh, in that in that regard. So that that could be a move. That could be a move. Um, he says hashtag trillionaire mindset. That's good stuff, Kendall. I, I'm with you. I mean, I you're not that much younger than me, man. I mean, I thought based on our previous podcast that you you were like 22 or 23 the way that you would rip on me being 40. I didn't, I didn't think you were 22 or 23, but I kind of questioned it for a little while. I was like, man, he's really not, he's really slamming my references and telling me how much I'm, I'm, I'm aging and dating myself with my references. So, I mean, I'm, I'll be 41, uh, in about a month, a little less than a month. And you're, I mean, 30 looks a lot closer to 41 than 29 does. Doesn't it buddy? True that. Yeah, but that's cool. Um, that's a good one. I thought, I mean, I wanted to throw a, throw a little different type of would you rather out this week than what uh, what I did last week. And I don't know which one I'd pick. I would say I don't really have an answer for my would you rather. Um, I would I would not want to start a grading company. I wouldn't want to do either. I, would, I wouldn't want to start a grading company. No way. Couldn't pay me enough to start a grading company. I know what it's like to promote a company. It's hard. Uh, and it's, it's like the biggest grind to promote a new company from the ground up. And you have to believe in that company's value proposition more than you believe in anything else in the world, if that's going to work. And I do not believe in starting a grading company. I don't, it's already, it's already solidified for me, um, with the, with the, with all of the companies that are out there. Um, and I would not, I do not want to work for anyone. I do not want to have a boss. I will not ever have, I will not ever be someone's employee ever again. I did that through age 35. Uh, and then I started my own company about six years ago. Um, I had started companies on the side, just like you, I was just like you where I had, uh, I was a, well, I don't know if this is just like you, but I was a full-time employee of someone's company for the first, uh, about 17 years of my working life. And then I, always had side hustles, multiple side hustles, um, and always wanted to turn that into a business. And then now, now that I basically don't have a boss, um, that's my, my path. So, um, 
people can hire me for different things. I'm not above that, but they're going to be clients basically of mine and maybe business partners. So we'll see, but yeah, not in a grading company for sure. I don't want to grade cards either. I like, no, can you imagine the customer service that you have to do? Yeah. Golly, everybody and their mom saying, no, this is a nine. This isn't, you know, I have so much respect for, yeah, I have so much respect for, especially Peter from SGC. I don't know him. Um, but I, from what, I mean, he's, and I know he messed up, but then he, nobody messed up and then came back like he did. I mean, he's come back and just, just been phenomenal. And that is the way, by the way, like I've messed up in the past with previous businesses with, with just not whatever, like something, nothing ever major, but just the best way is to just say like, even just a negative comment on a YouTube video to just be like, Hey, I'm really sorry that this struck you the way that it did. And you felt like you had to comment, but like, here's my situation and here's why I put this out there. Um, that wins people over. I mean, that's what, you know, so I think, yeah, customer service is crazy. All right, Kendall, what's your, do you have a, would you rather for me? Uh, um, my basic thing was going, my, would you rather was going, was a uh, kind of like a more, um, like 30,000 foot level type. Would you rather, would you rather invest only in uh one sport singles psa tens or would you rather uh would you rather invest in high quality high dollar wax only Mm, that's that's what i so like if you have wax you never freaking open it and if you do you don't keep any of them and you don't sell them actually you just give them away (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because then that doesn't make sense for the analogy. So you only, <laughs> if you open any of your wax, to pass you them down to my, my kids or something with the wax. I mean, you can sell the wax. I mean, like you, can, you be can sell a, the wax. You can you be like a wax open, dealer or whatever. Wax. Okay. But you don't open wax or would you rather sell singles that are only encased? I love this question. Great, great question. Um, and would love to know the audience's take on this as well. Um, this is better than my question, I think. <clears throat> because because it relates to why I do knowoffseason.com and why I why we do the sports card strategy show. Because this is what we're all about. Kendall, you remember, like in earlier episodes of the show, we talked about not only like how to break up your investment portfolio, but we also talked about like what different investing theses theses thesi should be right and one of mine that i feel very strongly about is like niching down like niching down almost to the player and just only focusing on one player at a time not not like forever but like one player at a time if i had to pick between only singles of psa 10 uh singles or wax i would for sure pick psa 10 singles and my reason is no for no other than that's my wheelhouse my wheelhouse uh, my comfort my comfort zone is knowing who the player is and having a thesis on the player um the wax part for me uh it takes a little bit more time and energy to understand what's in the checklist i think um if i didn't know as much about sports cards as i do now if this were me maybe two years ago i would have said oh well maybe the wax because you can have more margin for error because of the rookie class, you know, because of the class, or maybe it was so-and-so's last card or whatever. Uh, maybe, the, but, but I think the reality is that um, you have to know the checklist so well down to who was a redemption. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a lot of work. 
you know, you've got guys that are redemptions in some products and not in others. You might even have some guys who are redemptions in some skews and not in other skews. You've even got, you've even got short print parallels that are super valuable in a hanger box retail skew only, but not in the hobby box. So you have to know uh, the intricacies of the wax product so deeply that um, with the singles, you can simply, uh, I think you could just move faster, move quicker, and you can actually see the product. You know, wax, you don't get to actually see uh, you see the product technically, but to me, it's not really the product. It's like you don't really know what's in there. So um, I'm going, I'm going single. Also, you know that it's a PSA 10 or a PSA nine or whatever, you know, that it's a raw card versus, you know, maybe that print run of that wax uh, was a bad print run and the, the condition of that card now, like owning the box and never opening it, I guess that doesn't really matter, but there's just something about, knowing everything about the product that you're holding that I like also more than, um, than not really knowing everything about the product that you're holding. So that's my, what's yours on that one. I'm curious. Well, sorry, my dog is going to bark when you ask me to talk. So no problem. Um, you can barely hear the dog. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, his name's Griffey. So he's named after somebody in the sports card realm. So I love, Griffey. um, um I don't know. I go back and forth on this. Um, and I like your arguments are exactly what I would think, you know, it's exactly where I'm at with it. And, um, per, like with me, like my investing strategy has changed. Like I think three times in the past two years, you know, like, um, originally it was just all based on ignorance and I was just like investing in players that I liked all this kind of stuff. You know, I was buying PSA eight, Jason Dominguez's, you know, like what, in what is that, you know, and now I can look back and laugh and I'm wondering like in the future, can I look back and laugh on things that I'm thinking are really like my 79, uh, Gretzky PSA five. Am I going to laugh at that someday? You know, like, um, but anyway, um, I think the only reason that it's even a conversation is the wax. I think has more upside. And here's why I say that. Um, because like, I'll take like Bowman 2018 Bowman, for instance, there's like Vladdy and Tatis in there, you know? And so like, rather than having a Vladdy PSA 10, you could have two of them, but like the, the unknown of it, if you're a good salesman, the unknown of it, like you could sell the hype of both of those guys being in there to somebody. Yeah, totally. You know totally. what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, not that everybody's stupid. Obviously neither of them could be in there, you know, which probably plays into the price as well. But, and I think there, I think the, the, the amount of time you have to spend on it is less, um, at a nominal level. Like, of course, if you're like, out of this world like what you're talking about you got to know everything in every price you know like whatever but if you're just like checking in seeing if your stuff's going up and down i think wax would be a little bit easier um there's yeah. less there's less uh less risk i think in one player um and there's more of a like we're more of top side but i think w if you if i'm answering my same question i'm still gonna choose psa 10s because hello that's what i'm doing right now yeah. like i'm not collecting wax like look at behind me these are singles you know like yeah that's already we don't what have, i'm doing 
we don't have wax on the site for that reason, just because I think it's uh I think it's also gonna move slower. Um, yeah. And I'm not as patient, you know. I'm like some some people are, and that's great. But uh, yeah, it's a preference thing. There's no wrong answer, but I would say like my answer is singles for sure, and of one sport, I'm fine. Just I think I would almost like it if I was forced somehow into one sport because I do feel like I spread myself thin a little bit. I need to. Uh, I'm actually this is a bad time to do this because of the market, but I'm trying to liquidate everything right now just so that I can start just so that I can have a clean slate and focus on like one thing at a time. I plan to continue to buy sports cards and invest in sports cards, but I'm trying to liquidate as much as I can right now, just so that I can rebuild my investing strategy with the knowledge that I now have. For some reason, I'm not as comfortable. Do I did buy the Max Muncy card. I did buy the Max Muncy card uh, for, I think, $406 that we talked about in the show a couple weeks ago out of 50, the gold auto. So I think that, um, it's not that I'm not going to buy any card, but I'm only going to buy cards that I feel like are going to be in the next iteration of my sports card investment portfolio. So, uh, and it may be, it may, maybe I may be more of a baseball guy moving forward. I just see so much, so much liquidity in those, those prospect uh, Bowman Chrome first prospect autos just move, move like crazy. So, um, all right, let's I, go I to-, back to that one quote that I told you a couple of weeks ago that was like, this guy, I just keep buying random $5 autos and these always go up. <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. I'm, I'm laughing at that because they don't always go up, but like they do a lot. <laughs> but let me ask you this while we're on that topic, before we go to the gauntlet, uh, and we only have one gauntlet today, so we will be able to, to wrap up the show, uh, fairly efficiently, but, uh, I did open, so you know this, I bought half a case of the Bowman 2022 product Bowman baseball. And I did, I did strategically decide to have a little fun. I shipped two of the boxes to myself and I opened them and I kept the other four in the vault. Nice. I did get autos and I did get some decent cards, but nothing. I mean, I would say probably right now I'm, if it's $250 a box, I'm probably down 20%. Uh, but and I'd have to piece everything together, right? So I didn't get any anything special. But in, with the autos that I did pull, and I actually did buy, I did find a, a blaster box of that product at Walmart, at my local Walmart, and I did pull an auto from one of those blaster boxes. It's nobody special, but it is like it is an auto from a blaster box, so you can't complain. Should I treat those like like I just bought those for five dollars, and should I just hold on to them and see, you know, like is there? You know, I know you. I know I'm not giving you any information on who the players are, but I, in general, for the audience, like, is if you're if you do take that route um, with a guy, or more specifically, like, kind of blowing your load, opening a box, and not really getting a hit, is there a strategy for that, or do you, or do you use, do you hold them, or do you use them as like extra packing material? And try to get a good eBay rating. <laughs> yeah. I think what primarily what you should do is you should send me which cards you got, la- uh, you know, uh, in, in, in on WhatsApp uh, after this. But 
Um, that would probably help you the most. And I could tell yeah. you, hey, this guy's a stud and this guy's He's got a dud, something. You know? Yeah. So well, the first thing I do is I look up look up the comps on eBay, of course, just to see what they're going for. But yeah. Right. But Indy Rodriguez is going for a lot cheaper than he should right now. Should, yeah. So, okay. There it is, people. All right. Um, well, hey, let's uh I'm gonna cut you off and go to the gauntlet because uh okay. we can we gotta keep the show moving here. I uh but uh all right, so I've got some uh some Bowman baseball versus Bowman baseball versus Bowman basketball versus a lot of vintage tops cards. So I think this should be right up your alley, my man. Cool. And you're the only one answering the gauntlet for today. So let's go to my screen share. And the first one is Woo! your guy. A lot of people's guy, Ellie De La Cruz, 2022 Bowman Chrome first oh. auto purple refractor out of 250 PSA nine uh 43 watchers 14 bids the next bid would be 415 this ends in two days i think these are all in a in a, in a range that will make sense to go against one another so okay uh the next one is uh zach veen these are guys that you've talked about on the baseball card strategy show uh bowman chrome first draft black refractor auto out of 75 so you're saying uh, everything is going to go around a thousand Everything's going to be in the range of maybe a couple hundred dollars from one another, I would say, because like if you think about the Ellie de la Cruz should get up to maybe double what it is now. And then this Veen you can make an offer on. So this this seller obviously isn't saying that they need a thousand dollars for this card, but I don't know, maybe it's seven fifty. And I haven't checked recent comps either. So um this is just kind of gut feel as we go. So between the Veen and the Ellie de la Cruz, um, maybe just pick the pick the player and why. I mean, obviously pick the card too, but you've got one that's numbered to 75 that's a black refractor auto. You've got another that's already graded PSA 9 out of 250. I also kind of thought Kendall probably likes Ellie de la Cruz a little bit more than he likes Zach Veen. I could be wrong on that. So it's a little bit of a of a higher end Zach Veen card. It's kind of why I was thinking this for the first round, maybe trying to make it difficult on you. Yeah, you're right. I do like him more than Zach Veen, but I also like Zach Veen. Um, but I think both of these cards have some sort of a, uh, a ding on them for me. Um, the Ellie is a nine and I think nines are quickly becoming the equivalent to a raw card. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we've spoken about how previously eights used to be the equal of a raw card Um, I think nines are now equal to a raw card yeah and you've told me that you would crack my Pedri eights uh, autos and sell them as raw yeah I would Yeah, I mean I know that's kind of like you know kind of you like, said that on the air so yeah. you're on record as saying that <laughs> I don't know if it's shady or not I don't think I, I, I think it is shady you know because like you can you're selling it to somebody who's like well maybe I can send this in and get a 10 like well actually you can send this in and get an eight but you know um, yeah, but apparently based on earlier comments in the show you could get a six or a 10 or whatever who knows <laughs> that's true send it to a new fresh grader 10 <laughs> why not um I'm going to choose the Veen because of the pop pop count. Um, The pop count on this is obviously 75 uh, or 74 others. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the black refractor. Uh, I think that's such a cool looking parallel. Um, 
And I think Zach Zach Veen is nowhere close to being as good as Ellie De La Cruz is right now in projections or high end wise. Um, Ellie is going to be incredible and has the uh, uh, has the ability to be like out of this world good. Um, but I would plan on moving these um, in the next twelve months, and so I would I would imagine that Zach Veen out of seventy five. Uh, I know it's off center left to right. I can already see that. So I'm not going to grade it. I would just sell it raw. Um, and uh, yeah. All right. Zach Veen's up. Next is uh, Mason Wynn. So you've talked about this guy mm-hmm. on, uh, I think you mentioned him briefly on the baseball card strategy show. And then he also in the futures game, I wanted to incorporate some futures game talk for you here since that just happened last week. Um, he threw like a 105 mile an hour throw to first base or something like that. Got a little yeah. hype for that. So this is a Mason Wynn spelled M A S Y N, and then the last name W I N N for those of you uh, listening uh, on Apple or Spotify. This is one of those good old first firsts. So this is a 2020 Bowman draft Mason Wynn first edition gold foil out of 50. It is not autographed. Uh, and it is also his first Bowman. So it's a first, first, um, serial numbered. I typically throw in autograph cards. This one is not. So you've got the Veen out of 75. You've got the win out of 50. Who are you going with here? One's a well, buy it now for nine ninety nine. The other's a buy it now, or they're both or, or best offer. This is for seven eighty, and it's a PSA 10 already. Yeah. Oh man. Um, That first put this up, I was like, it is a Mason win out like no chance. Like this is 100%, especially at this price. I was like, oh my God. And then I realized I was like, oh, it's not autographed. Okay. I got you. <laughs> like, I, I just it's assumed, tough. Yeah. Nothing, um, nothing's perfect. He's thinking. I don't um, have the Jeopardy music. Um, I, I think I would take the Mason win. Um, Although I actually think they're closer in value than than this looks like, um, so the price can play into your decision then, you know. Yeah. But I think if this is at seven eighty, buy it now. I think this person would probably go down to about six fifty or six eighty, actually even. Um, and I think you know you could do this and then find a another Zach Veen auto very easily for three hundred. So, all right. Uh, so you going with Mason Win? Yeah, I'm going with Mason. All right, so then Mason Wynn uh, is going to go up against um, three, three of the 2022 Bowman Baseball uh, factory sealed hobby boxes that I just spoke about uh, in the previous segment at the end of the previous segment. The Dude, we just did this. Like, I just <clears throat> basically did this in my last either whether would you rather of having an awesome single or some wax. Yeah, you did. And we didn't plan that, everybody. Like, uh, Kendall did his would you rather. We don't talk about this. So he doesn't know what the gauntlet's going to be. I don't know what his would you rather is going to be. So we basically we bet, we bet basically did just do this. So which one are you picking, though? Because you've got – you can get this this one Mason win. I I think I know which one I'm picking. But who are you picking? They're two I'm different still, sets. I'm this still picking draft, the Mason is, win. Yeah, okay. Here's That's what why, I'm picking, though. too. Yeah. Um, I think there's definite more upside – 100% more upside in this 22 Bowman. And I've 
I mean, that I've been on that all the whole time that this this twenty two Bowman set is going to be ridiculously valued. Yep, in I've still got four of them, so I'm glad yeah. that you say that. In the future, I think this set is still going to be worth quite a bit of money because of the guys that are in it. For instance, you looked all over the futures game, and there were guys like that were good Bowman prospects, and like half of them were in this set. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. The the Wander base Bowman rookie in PSA 10 right now is going for over $100. Now, I know it's not easy to get the PSA 10, but this is a card that's in like almost every pack yeah. of this. I have this like 100 product. of them. Yeah. So um, there's a lot in here. Yeah, I still think this value-wise, long-term, this would be way more valuable than the Mason win, especially with right. the three of them. Like, I think they could all very easily be over $1,000 a piece down the road. Let's go. All right. Um, well, but I'm going to take the I Mason that's win for I now. That's what I into it. Okay, Mason win for now. I think that's a good call. So, interesting. All right, now we're going to... Uh, we're gonna talk about a card, a card that we've talked about before. <sighs> but I know, but when we talked about this and you slammed it for being its own curated thing, uh, he wasn't a member of your Oklahoma City Thunder. I knew this was gonna come back and bite. So it's I'm bringing back Chet. I'm like figuring out how can I try to stump Kendall here in the gauntlet. And you know, this is number 49 out of 49 his autograph chet number 34 so it's kind of inscribed if you will who knows how he's gonna sign all the time on card auto encased tops now not a bad card this is already 25 bids 20 additional watchers uh the next bid is 770 dollars so it's pretty even with the mason win uh yeah this one's not even close for me either um i'm going chet yes yes they got him to go chat even i don't even collect basketball cards like you know but like i just think there's so much upside for him this year like in the next 12 months check cards are going to go freaking nuts i think because like man i the thunder are gonna play him as much as they can and he's gonna get get as much i'm adding it to my watch list Kendall, who uh, hates this kind of set and hates basketball, says to buy this Chet. But I'm also selling it as soon as I can yeah. so that I can buy a buy one with his actual jersey. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to tell you who the next Chet is going to be. He's probably going to be bigger than Chet. Victor Wembenyama. I'm but it doesn't matter hear... if he's not a thunder for me. Yeah, I know. But just to everybody else in the middle of your gauntlet. Okay. Pay attention to a guy named Victor Wembenyama. You're welcome. Anyway, uh, yeah, okay, so Chet. All right, so let's go to the next one because you could talk more about Chet. So this is a lot of Ooh. 1966 tops, uh, and, and apparently you've got – I can't the, zoom in. Does it have the, the – yep, there it is. Multiple photos. So you've got Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, Pete Rose, Pete Rose rookie card. Is that right? There's Lou Brock. I saw him in there. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a lot. And we like, we talked earlier, actually this, again, this was not planned, but uh, Paul in the comments uh, mentioned buying lots. And then greeny green said lots are where it's at. Has anyone commented Kendall? Do I need to bring in any comments? Uh, I can only see this one. I can only see this one. The last one was like eight minutes ago, but he said, LOL. Okay. Uh, Al K line Brooks Robinson. That Lou Brock is actually worth some money. Negro. All right, so this lot is buy it now. So let's review this. So you would have to 
continue to bid on this chat, first of all, if you're thinking of the price. Uh, so the price is already $200 more, it, but it's going to be more like double this card, this card lot. So you, basically the chat's going to be double what you could get this um, this lot of, of uh, to 1966 tops for. With all, I'm assuming these are all of the big cards from that set. Yeah, they are. Um... Now, who will know? Are they trimmed? Are they, you know, Can what you condition see me? are they in? I don't know. Can you see my camera? Now you can. Better. Is that a man? Those two mantles? These are two 66 mantles. Uh, God, high roller over there. Good no, work. One of them's not mine. One of them is one of them that's going in one of our PSA submissions. I just thought it was cool. I had both of those on my desk. That, that you are, uh, this one is mine actually, but anyway. Um, okay, what's the price of the lot? Okay, so I stopped sharing my screen. So the price of the lot is $579. And Chet's, Chet's going to be over 1000 I think. Yeah, and this pick, is the last I'm, one, so I don't need to share my screen anymore. So I'm picking Chet. I'm picking Chet. Chet wins! Wow! Because I know Chet that that wins. Mickey Mantle is probably, like, that Pete Rose and the Mickey Mantle are going to be the ones that are going to be liquid easily. And I know that Mickey right now is about $130, $140 a piece. And I know that Pete Rose is probably around eighty to a hundred. So, I'm right now. There's way more buying opportunity for the Chet, and I only have to sell it once. There it is. You don't have to go through the lot. I like your thought process there. Now, I never in a million years would have thought that a Tops Now card, unlicensed, an unlicensed Tops Now card. That's going to be the headline of this video. <laughs> that's going to be unlicensed Tops Now card wins on his save. Wins the gauntlet. Let's go. It's the first time for everything. And it's Chet. Kendall loves Chet. Um, I do love Chet. All right. So I'm going to quickly run through the moves in the sports card investment report. Who is up and who is down at nooffseason.com. Um, this is obviously a subject that is always front and center for me as I put together. Uh, hey, uh, Paul did comment on it, by the way. Sports card investment report. Um yeah, Paul. Uh, did Paul comment on the gauntlet? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, he commented on the very last edition. On this one right here, the uh, if it's a if buy, it's a it, buy now, it now, and it's still active as a lot, it's overpriced for splitting up for singles and price for a collector. Good call, Paul. Exactly Paul Carl bringing saying. it strong. Yeah. Okay, so he knows his stuff uh, off the top, off the top of the dome. I, I, I believe, I believe you there, Paul. That's a good call. So, all right, good stuff. Um, and then. Yeah, he has another tip in there. So everybody needs to to watch this and, and participate in the live stream because Paul's got some more tips for you. Um, all right, so sports card investment report, uh, who is up? And so, so let's talk about who's added because there's more there's more added to the report than there is movement. I already talked about WWE, UFC. I didn't talk about tennis. We've added a ton of tennis cards um, and we've added a ton of, uh, I talked about celebrity cards. I did move. I did add a ton of baseball prospects. I talked about this in the last episode. I'm going to need Kendall's help in terms of um, ranking these as we get as we get closer to the fall. And baseball itself is dying down in terms of what's happening with the big leaguers. I am going to, which is not that far away, 
I am going to to re-rank the baseball card rankings at nooffseason.com to be more future focused around which prospects are likely to materialize and which the, the baseball card rankings are going to kind of take the lead in in changing the rankings around to who is going who can you buy low now so Kendall mentioned Andy Rodriguez so Andy's number 24 well it sounds like Andy might need to be moved up based on what Kendall's saying that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about moving these but we've added a ton of guys so we've added um Ooh, Ezekiel Duran. Great one. We've added, uh, I think since the last time we, we had a show, we added Veen, Penango, Muncie. We definitely, definitely first time for win. Oh, Gunnar Henderson. Uh, Stud. Gunnar Henderson. We added Bryce Harper. Shout out Deborah Roberts. Deborah Roberts on the Facebook. Let's go, Deborah. Where is Bryce Harper? And then I said he was washed up and Kendall's like, no, he's not. And I said, all right, let's dig into this more. He's got to have a profile. So Bryce Harper has a profile. And then we've got some other guys that Kendall has dropped in the baseball card strategy show. Pomares, Arroyo, Amador, uh, Ezekiel Tovar. These are the kind of guys we want to dig into. And we moved Khalil Watson down quite a bit based on what Kendall moved Khalil said Watson off. Week. Kendall says, don't even pay any attention to Khalil Watson. Get him off. Um, they sent him Green- down to the lowest rank possible. Just saying. Yeah. Greeny Green says thoughts on UFC cards. So Greeny Green, if you missed it earlier in the show, I've added a ton of UFC cards to the sports card investment report. Uh, There's one guy in particular I can drop a little nugget. Um, I'm not a UFC aficionado. I would say I'm, I'm far from it. But I do know that um, from, from looking at our rankings, it seemed like, the market was saying that it was a good opportunity to buy a guy like Jorge Masvidal um, just based on the numbers. I don't know really anything about what's happening in UFC, but it seemed like uh, he had some, some, some numbers that made sense. So you'd have to check that out. And then also Nate Diaz. These are guys that are, that are not ranked necessarily number one and two, but just the numbers were saying that, a couple particular cards of theirs looked like great buys. So I'll throw that, throw out their names, but of course you've got some bigger names on that list. Uh, I think UFC cards in general um, definitely will have some legs. I just think that um, growing, you know, growing market, great marketing, um, loyal fan base. Uh, the question is going to be, do UFC fans get into sports cards? You know, is that a thing or do we have sports card? I I do think that's actually my only concern with UFC cards is that, you know, I wonder, do UFC fans care about the cards? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, You know, and I think that's actually a big, bigger deal than we would give that credit for at face value. And I've got some real life experience with with wrestling fans. Uh, Wrestling fans are the I created a fantasy wrestling game. Uh, I won't talk about this too much, but I, I did launch a fantasy wrestling game with TNA and Impact Wrestling back in the mid 2000s. But 2007, no, 2011, 2010, 2011. And it was very successful for free, but they did not want to pay for it. And so uh, they they wanted to try it because it had to do with wrestling, but they did not care about fantasy sports. They didn't want like a CBS sports line type product for their wrestling. So I wonder if, uh, I know UFC is different, but is it more similar to wrestling or is it more similar to baseball? I have no idea. 
Um, so we'll find out. I do think there's, there's, um, there's, it's more like F1. It's, I think it's more like F1, which gives me more confidence in it. I hear F1 podcasts talking about UFC. I hear UFC podcasts talking about F1 from a cards perspective and F1's done very well. So he's talking about Alexander Romanoff and Sean Brady. I'm going to have to do some research into those guys and add them to the report. Greeny green, check back at nooffseason.com. Click on the UFC card rankings. I'll have profiles on those guys for you. I got to do my research with my team. Uh, so that's my thought. We'll put the these two guy. names on your list. Molly McCann, what she did this weekend was pretty incredible. Um, so she fought on Saturday, and then uh, she also fought with Patty uh, Patty Pimblett, and they were they were like what they did this weekend. Like if you if you're unfamiliar with what's what went on this weekend, Paul, like go ahead and go look it up. But Molly, like maybe not right now, but later, uh, Molly is a is um, an up and comer. Uh, right now she doesn't have very many cards outside of like panini instance which are basically tops now cards um i think she could be pretty pretty uh electric in the hobby soon i think um nowhere near like nunez or holly uh or, uh, um sorry not holly home well i mean i guess holly home but uh ronda rousey there's not i don't think she's at that level yet but i think she could be she seems like a a, a person that the crowd is getting behind um, and I think that's what matters in UFC. Like UFC, I don't think it matters if you're a thousand and zero if you don't have fans. Um, like I think still an Anderson Silva card would sell. I think still like um, a Chuck Liddell card would sell. I think still a Forrest Griffin card would sell. Like you know, but there's just guys that, and this is the same with baseball. Like Jordan out. Uh, uh, Jordan Alvarez, his cards don't really sell, but he's freaking good, you know. And so it's like I just think, that, but there's not a whole lot of Jordan fans only out there. I think UFC really feels that same way. So. Yeah, that's cool. So this is our live chat Q and A right now, by the way. So thanks to Greeny Green for getting us into it. We're gonna hang for a few more seconds. If anyone has anything else to ask, uh, Paul Carl says he's only sold one UFC card. Uh, but he's only li- only he's only listed twenty. Paul Carl is uh, <laughs> the two hundred and four hundred an hour man has only listed two hundred or only when, listed twenty. When when Paul Carl has only listed twenty, you know that's a small sample size. But that is uh, seems to be a lot of UFC cards to have listed in general uh, for most people. Um, so good work, Paul. But uh, yeah, okay. So thanks for asking, Greeny Green. I'm gonna I'm gonna add more. Uh, of those guys to nooffseason.com. Um, <laughs> I've only ever owned. <laughs> I know. So uh, that's our that's our uh, Q and A. Kendall, do you have anything to add uh, to the show today? I always give you the opportunity to add something if we didn't talk about it. Uh, what do you? What What else is on your mind before we sign off for today? Um, I'm increasingly increasingly jumping into soccer cards. I think there's just so much that could be there. Um, and interestingly enough, I think that there's some young Americans that really played well in the under 20 World Cup that are going to be on that 2026 World Cup team that are worth investing in. And there's a couple of guys that I think are in MLS sets right now for rookie cards um, that are going to be worth quite a bit of money when they move overseas. Um, and we've talked about some of them in Paxton Aronson and Kate and uh, and um, Caden Clark, but um but Caden, um, there's some other guys out there basically there. I mean, like, of course, Pepe is young and everything, but 
but uh, there is a San Francisco, uh, San Jose Earthquakes player. Um, hey, Kendall, Kate. while you while you look this up, can 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 you and I carve out some time in early September and go through like baseball card prospecting, like off air, mm-hmm. and and soccer card prospecting and like we're and uh get some of my stuff together for nooffseason.com based yeah. on this and then mm-hmm. come back and uh i mean I'm, i don't mean to cut you off you definitely say who you're talking about right now but i i just think this could be this is this is something i need to prioritize for the site yeah i i would agree with you because i think soccer cards are about to go crazy um, but Cade Cowell is an interesting name that I've been researching over the, the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's a San Jose player, um, and he was born in 03. He's around that same age group, though, of the other guys that we were talking about. Interestingly enough with Cade, though, is him and his brother are getting recruited by the Mexican national team as well. Um, and so there's like this, um, there's a couple of guys in this in this age group that are getting a rec- dual recruited basically because they have dual citizen eligibility um and i think Cade is an interesting name he's already been linked to potentially as an everton target which i've been wearing an everton jersey the entire um, thing which is why i first got into him because i was like oh interesting there and i already knew who Cade cow was because i watch a lot of mls but i think um for instance i just snagged a um a uh, San Jose break slot that has Cade's rookie card in it for 20 bucks from for Sapphire hobby boxes. And there's two of them. So like, I think there's a good opportunity to potentially make a flip trade there, especially if he does end up signing with the Mexican Mexican national team, if he declares allegiance there, or potentially if he ends up in the U S men's national team, he's already on the U 20 team. Uh, he like, for instance, what I'm looking at right now is his, is his profile on us soccer.com. So, um, I, I just think he's an interesting guy and I think he's probably likely to go overseas and him and his little brother are going to play well. And it reminds me of the Aronson brothers, you know, like they both have flair and, and they score goals. So anyway, there's another name for you. Cade Cal. Phenomenal. I love that. And and for any of you questioning like the health of sports card investing, you can just take one of Kendall's sentences right there in a vacuum where he said he got into a San Jose earthquakes, MLS break slot. So that is happening in the world, Kendall. I love you for that. That is why you are the host of the Soccer Card Strategy Show here on the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Content Network. And before we leave, I'm just going to hit up Greeny Green's question. Are we even bothering with the 2022 NFL draft class? And I would say uh, TBD, but I would say for now, uh, Andy Kaysen, the host of the Football Card Strategy Show and Football Card Quest, believes that there are some plays to be made uh, with some position players. So the football card strategy show episode four that just aired last night on the, on the feed and is available now on the feed, go to footballcardstrategy.com for episode four, quick link. Um, Andy actually goes through a bunch of guys like, cause there is that Bowman U set and there are some, some draft pick sets that have been released. So there's, I have two hobby boxes product. right next to me of that. If you want, <laughs> so it. if you want to buy one, Kendall's trying to trying to move them. But there are some singles. Tra- Traylon Burks was a guy that he mentioned as being uh, low right now because he's having some breathing issues and he's not practicing. Uh, but he's going to be he's going to have those as his primary cards before the licensed pro stuff comes out. And 
you know, so there's, there's plays to be made where, where Andy thinks guys like Burks and other wide receivers, um, you know, can, can potentially have a, a hype game. He calls it a hype game. I like Andy's terminology uh, to, uh, to do. So, so I think like there's play, there's quick plays to be made greeny green, but I do think overall it's, it's definitely a TBD on that because if you listen to, to other guys in the hobby that know what they're talking about, um, it could be a down year when the pro product gets, gets released, but you just, you just never know. Anything can happen in the NFL. Malik Willis can come out and be phenomenal this year. We have no idea. Um, I would love that. Yeah, I would too. I would too. So, all right, everybody. Uh, thank you for watching and listening to the sports card strategy show. This has been episode 40 brought to you by nooffseason.com, the sports card content network. I'm Paul Hickey with nooffseason.com. He's Kendall McKee, the catalytic lefty from wild cards, box breaks, just baseball.com and nooffseason.com. We want you back here every Monday with us. And we want you to listen to the show. If you're not here every Monday, Listen to it on Apple and Spotify. Check it out on YouTube. Uh, Everybody, thanks for watching and listening and have a great day.